everyone. I am Dion McNichol Stevenson, Creative Industries Consultant from Trinidad and Tobago. We're here with the Playgo Emerge Masterclass. And in case you didn't know, Playgo is TV anytime, anywhere, in the palm of your hand. You can watch live regional events, local news, movies, even kids programming, wherever your mobile device is. The goal of Playgo Emerge is to highlight local and regional content and give our creators a platform and an audience for their content. And so the Go Emerge Film Competition was born. The Playgo Emerge Film Competition is an opportunity for filmmakers and content creators across the Caribbean to celebrate the national pride of your country and earn a chance to win great prizes. Tell your story celebrating the national pride of your country in 15 minutes or less as a documentary, a drama, comedy, science fiction, animation, or photo essay. So you want to know how do you enter, right? It's simple. If you're 12 years and older, you can enter. Download the Playgo app and register and upload your submission to playgoemerge.com by August 31st, 2021. And now you want to know what you could win. Well, create prizes. These include cash prizes of 500 US to 2500 US, an Adobe Premiere Pro 1 subscription, and all expense paid trip to Los Angeles, a once in a lifetime revolt mentorship experience, and an all access pass to the American film market where you can learn more about the global film industry. A major part of the Playgo Emerge film competition is supporting our community of storytellers. And so Playgo Emerge is offering a, mass, a series of masterclasses with some of the Caribbean's top film professionals and the storytellers. And today, it is my pleasure to be sharing screen time with Camille Salvon Abrams from Trinidad and Tobago. Camille is a pioneer in the animation industry in Trinidad and Tobago and in the region. She is the co-founder of the Anime Carib Anime Digital and Animation Festival. She is also head of the animation department at University of Trinidad and Tobago. She wears many hats and she's extremely creative and she's here today to share some of her knowledge with you. Hi, hi Camille, how are you doing? I am so excited, but what a fabulous competition, you know, because we, you know, in my time being an animator, we didn't have these opportunities, you know, we, we, and I, I think because of technology now, we could do a competition Caribbean-wise, so, so that, you know, I, I had, you know, I just want to say great work to the Playgo team and the digital, you know, Digicel team for doing something like this. So, Camille, my first question to you is going to be about the freedom of animation. There's something so liberating about the freedom that animation can provide creatively. What do you think animation offers um, as, a, as a unique kind of access to storytelling? Yeah, there is a sort of liberating feeling when you do, when you actually animate. Because what, you know, anima animation really means breathing life into nothingness. So it's almost like you become the creator of a world that you design, you know? So you have, unlike film, which I love too, I love film too, unlike film, you get to create your locations, you get to design your characters, and your character could be blue, green, purple, with 10 heads and two legs, you know? <laughs> so, so there's that sort of liberating feeling that comes with animation that is unlike anything else. And I would say anyone who is thinking about this as a career, or even as a 
as an art form that it's a wonderful art form to embrace. And do you have a clip or something that you can show us of some of the work that you've done at Anime Carib? Sure. So mm-hmm. Dion, what I would like to do is share the Anime Carib clip because there's so much going on in Anime Carib Festival right now. And it's also a Caribbean festival. So I want the entire Caribbean that is looking on now to see what is going on. So Anime Carib is celebrating 20 years. 20 years, imagine that, right? So we, we really, um, over the years, have like mascots and different mascots. And this is a sort of compilation of 20 years. And I had to put this in two minutes. So could you imagine, right? I had to put 20 years of running into two minutes. So we also fo- focus on, of course, on content, on workshops, um, and all of digital technology. This animation, we will have forums, um, super guests, super exciting guests. And as I said, it's yeah. all digital media, so it's so many things. And what you are seeing here are things that happened in the past. I'm really excited about is this sector, not just in trying to be got for but in the Caribbean, where we are showcasing industry and also this is full circle animation studio. Then you also have um, self up studios that is doing some fabulous work in the Caribbean um, and we also have coded arts. So the idea is that the 20th anniversary, we really should be celebrating where we've gotten to. And a big part of that, of course, is the University of Trans and Go and all of the um, the BFA digital media art program. And, um, you know, it's just something that I think we really, really need to celebrate for our 20th anniversary. So, um, yeah, we're really, really excited about it this year. That's exciting, and I I would dare say rewarding work. Thank you for Camille, Camille for you know continuing to push through with with animation in the Caribbean. You identify as a digital activist. Can you talk about what that means to you and how you do that work? Yeah, so digital activism is something that I, I myself kind of coined that term because I felt like a lot of the work that I was doing um, really impacted young people, you know, and, and simply because animation, digital media, gaming, they're all young people's tools. That's what they know and that's what they do. So you find that it impacts, it doesn't matter what economic strata you're from, it impacts that. So what I found is that there was a disparity in those who were able to apply for programs and those who have the money to buy the the, the software and the hardware. And we started to do some work like in the prison. So we've done work in Jamaica, um, Metcalf for boys and Southampton for girls. We did work in the prisons for YTC. We did work in the homes in, in um, the home for girls in Guyana and Suriname. And that is what I talk, when I talk about digital activism, that is what I mean. It's like using the technology to empower people. And one great tool to do that, of course, is, um, is animation. Can you show us a bit of what you do? Yeah, I have something that I wanted to share with you all regarding, because again, because of the fact that, you know, people don't have access to hardware, software, not everybody do. There are certain things that I think it let anybody with a phone, for instance, do more animation, right? So I want to demo something to do with stop motion. But before I do that, I want to share what stop motion is. I'm going to go to my bunch of toys behind me, right? You see all my toys sure. behind me. <laughs> 20 years of collection, right? But this guy here, I don't know I don't know if you all seen it because it's hard to do it. Yes. You're seeing this guy here? Everybody knows this guy here, right? Yes. <laughs> right, so <laughs> this guy here, I got him in, my, I can't remember where I got him, right? But he could bend, right? He could bend. His eyes could move. <laughs> his eyes could move. Right? <laughs> so with stop motion, what you can do is use a phone and make this guy move, take a picture, make him move, take another picture, make him move, take another picture, 
and you keep going. And then when you put all the pictures together, he will be doing that, right? Now, of course, there's more to it because he needs to be very much on a surface that is not moving. Mm -hmm. Also, your phone needs to be on a surface that is not moving. But it really, really can do a lot of, you can tell a lot of stories with this format without having to have all the expensive um, software and hardware. So I thought it was important to share that. And also there's a, and I'm going to put this link on, um, on here now so that you all see it. But there is um, some stop motion software that is free. For instance, Stop Motion Studio. Stop Motion Studio is uh, an app that is available on most phones. And that really shows you how to, you know, it, it's a wonderful software that could, that could create stop motion content. Lovely. Thanks for that, Camille. You encourage creators to think about ways to reimagine the traditional story arcs for their own experiences. Can you speak about that process of re-envisioning and what are the storytelling conventions that you believe need rethinking? Yeah, I, I think as Caribbean people, we really have to tell our own stories, right? And we also have to tell mm -hmm. it in our own voices. Now, my experience as a storyteller, I love script writing. In fact, that's what I teach. A lot of the work that I do is to do with script writing and story development. And I remember in, and I tell this story all the time, in, in, in when, I, when I did my degree, I made a conscious decision to use a Trinidadian voice, a Caribbean voice in a very mm -hmm. British institution. And what that did for me was made people's heads turn because they had never heard this sing-songy Trini voice, you know? <laughs> they don't hear it as an animation, right? So the, what I say to, to people and my students, create content that is reflective of you it doesn't mean that it has to be local it could be a local alien with a jamaican voice and a planet you know and in that way it's funny it is engaging it's telling your story as a caribbean person that is not being told but in a very very different and unique way um i also think it's very important when you're telling stories you do follow the story act the traditional story act which is beginning middle end basically but remember, our experiences as Caribbean people is unique and different. We don't mm -hmm. necessarily follow that act, but you do have to fit it in a way that your, your audience is comfortable because they are accustomed to seeing the traditional story act. So, I mean, a lot, again, a lot more information is needed in the short time that we have, but we will definitely, mm -hmm. you have, you know, those who are applying will have access to these sorts of tools that could assist in the process. Right. So we shouldn't be afraid of speaking in our own voice and telling our own stories, looking the way we do with our particular skin tones, our hair, etc. Even in animation. That's yeah, that is what the world is looking for now, you know, with COVID and Black Lives Matter and all of that that started to happen. What you found is that Netflix started to look at African animation. You know, you've seen a lot more. Indian and Oriental films. So this is a time for the Caribbean to embrace who we are and for our voices to be really authentic. So I'll go into a pre-production question now. In animation, what does this, what does the pre-production process look like? Are there tools and tips that you would point to for emerging creatives interested in animation? Maybe even some who are interested in entering this competition. Yeah, I mean, I think pre-production for animation is really important. That's where the work is. The work is in pre-production. And simply because 
you know, with film and comparing with film, because I know there's a lot of filmmakers here too. You have to scout location, you have to scout actors. We, as animators, we still have to do that. But, you know, it's to do with our, our sense of what we think these, the environment should be. I, I say to all animators, mm -hmm. collect references every day. If you see a tree that is beautiful and unique, take a picture of it and save it in a reference folder that says trees. So that when you want to consider a unique tree that is on, on, on a planet in Mars, that on a, a, let's say Mars, and it's a Jamaican accent, you have a tree that you could put there that could kind of relate to the character. And of course, you twist and turn mm -hmm. it because one of the things with animation is that you have to exaggerate everything. So you wouldn't find that a tree looks like a tree that you could see. No, you take the tree and you put different color fruits on it, pink fruits, whatever you want to do, right? But the pre-production process is very important because you have to make sure you have your design of your characters down. Uh, 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 something that I want to share with the, anyone looking on, if you're creating a short story, mm -hmm. create a world because you don't want to have 20 different backgrounds. So you say, okay, right, a world in the marketplace that I know I have to back, have a background when he's talking to the, to the alien in the market in Jamaica. I need to have a background where when he goes up into the into the into the, on on the planet that this is what the planet looks like. So you have to plan all of that. And you know what is most important, not just to animators, but also to filmmakers. You see that storyboard? That yes. storyboard will save you so much time. And I don't know if you know this industry, but time is also money. Because right. in this case, you when you put the animatic together, and this is again the pre-production pre process. When you do the storyboard, you take all those images and you create what you call an animatic so that you can see how the story runs. You could time it out. You could say, all right, this is going on for five minutes. I need it to be three minutes. Then you go in and you say, right, I need to cut this. I need to cut that, cut that. But the reason why it's important for pre-production and animation, could you imagine if you had to pay for five minutes of animation, you don't, we ain't even talking about the cost, right? So that's a whole different. <laughs> that is what scoring mm. and pre-production could avoid that waste of not just time, but of money. You know, you're also an educator. So what do you think it is most important to emphasize in the teaching of animation? That's such an important question to the Caribbean, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if anyone knows out there, but I was part of the CXC animation and game development Kate program. So I was on the panel designing that program. And teachers have access to that, right? Um, and of course, we don't have many um, teachers who can teach animation, but there are certain tools within that that will allow teachers to teach that. Um, mm -hmm. If you're an art teacher, beautiful. If you're a technology teacher, beautiful. So what we say is that the technology and the art teacher should really collaborate to do those courses. But what is most important, I want to say here for educators out there, is that often our students and my students, um, they make me accountable in the classroom, you know, because they have YouTube now. And, and a lot of these students are trained on YouTube before they come in the class, right? So um, they're experts in their head. So you have to you have to deal with that. However, YouTube is a thing. Don't ignore the fact that YouTube is a training tool, right? Don't, you know, scold the students for using YouTube. But what you need to do as an educator is you need to also use YouTube, right? To learn the shortcuts and, 
and learn all of the processes and all of that. But I think educators for technology need to understand that often students know more than you. What you are there for mm-hmm. is really the tools and then take what they know and put it into, you know, the format that whereby they can create beautiful stories. That's their mission. That's quite important. I mean, we are in a digital age and we live amongst the digital natives. Um, some of us are, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more comfortable with digital than others, but that, as you say, that's their playground. That's, that's what they know, you know, that's what they've been raised on. So, so so the whole idea of going on, um, on YouTube, for instance, I'm going to share now a demo of something, right? So it's called Flipper Clip. Flipper Clip is an amazing app on any phone you could you could download it and you know what is the amazing thing about it it is free so not only could these guys on here um use this but even educators could use could use it and i'm gonna share a link here where there's a tutorial that is really really good and this is where i'm saying you know really and truly educators and and practitioners could use youtube as a as an opportunity to learn wow so once you have an animated film wrapped, what ways are you seeing that are most successful for getting eyes on your work? And does the film festival route make sense for this genre? What are the newer distribution strategies that are proving successful? Very good question. So first of all, you don't have to do an, a, a 20 minute animation. You know, that don't do that. You know, and we have that a, a lot of our students want to go like that. You know, oh, my first animation needs to be 20. No, three minutes. There are festivals that are taken in, especially animation, with just two minutes of animation, right? So that's one. Two, hmm. there is a platform called Film Freeway. Oh my God, it's heaven. It gives you where all of the festivals are. And to submit your film, it's so easy. It's really, really easy, right? So Film Freeway, I will put that also on the link so that you will see. That's a great distribution. But beyond most of all, what I would like to say to the audience is that let quality be first before anything else. Do not do not go for mediocrity. You should probably, after you submit, go back in and clean it up, tighten it up, add, add it in. So use Playgo as an opportunity to, you know, do a little experiment and test. But don't immediately send it out to the film festival. Go back in, tweak it, add things, make sure the quality is of the best. And I'm telling you, you never know where that could take you. I think quality and, you know, that commitment to excellence has actually been one of, of you know, for me, one of your calling cards. You know, I think when, once Camille Salvan Abraham's hands is on something, you you know it because there's a certain quality, you know, and a level of excellence to it. And I really applaud you for that. So, you know, I trust that you would also be... Um, passing those qualities down to your students and also those who would be viewing this masterclass. Excellence is it, people. Excellence is it. So Camille, one more question. Um, What mistakes do you see emerging animators making when they're just starting out? That they know everything. I graduated in 1999 in the last century. And I still wouldn't call myself an animator. I am learning every day, you know? So to me, that is one of the biggest, biggest mistakes. Be open to, also be open to critique. Every, we're pushing for all of the Caribbean islands to have an animation network. So for instance, there's a Jamaica animation network. There's a Trinidad animation, Trinidad Tobago animation network. And we're pushing for all the other islands. If you join their Facebook pages, 
join the, the discussions and start from mm-hmm. there but don't think that you know everything it's the biggest mistake you can make certainly because i mean when you when you think your mind is full then you're not leaving room for for anything new to come in there and change up how how you think or how you can do things you might be blocking yourself out from opportunities so camila i want to thank you very much for sharing your time and your knowledge with us um, don't forget those tips, people. They'll become very useful for you in get, getting into this Playgo Image film co- competition. Yeah, so Camille, thank you so very much and good luck, everyone.